How's it guys? It's Amara Gardner and you're listening to My Futile Optimism. This week's episode is delayed because I promise I tried to be a committed, dedicated podcaster and record this in the dark, but my laptop was not having it and I had to kind of pause in the middle. So yeah, it's load shedding is trying to come between us, but I will not let it. The only poetic thing about load shading is the juxtaposition between like every light not working versus the amazing purple trees in Gauteng. If you don't live in Joburg or Pretoria, I'm so sorry. Um, you can come for a drive because we all know how cheap petrol is. So I'm sure you won't mind. Um, but it's that time of the year where the purple plants are just going mad. And it's amazing. Like, the jacarandas look insane, guys. Wow. It's one of those things that happen every single year, but it's just so surprising and, like, mesmerizing each time. And as much as it signifies the imminent failure of exams, it is also just a reminder that you could be failing your exams, but there is still something beautiful about the world. So, I mean, if you're not an exam writer, then... Uh, you are probably facing load shedding. And I guess that is your, you know, beacon of hope that there's a beautiful tree somewhere in the country that gives off different vibes to the current darkness that you're sitting in. So the whole point of that ramble was to say that I think all of us appreciate jacarandas and it's actually amazing because it's one of those few things that like I think all South Africans can agree on I know there was a discussion a while ago about whether jacarandas are good for the environment or not, and I will get to that now, but it's something that's like so visually pleasing that it, like you automatically like it. If you don't like jacarandas, please hit me up because I would love to interview you and figure out what happened in your past. Anyway, the whole debate about jacarandas is that a few years ago, there was like a directive from government to say that you can't plant jacaranda trees anymore because they are like an invasive species. So they originally come from South America and they were brought here like hundreds of years ago and planted specifically in Joburg and Pretoria. And the idea of not being able to plant them anymore is because apparently the fact that they are not indigenous means that they can mess up the ecosystems of plants that are indigenous. So in order to not do that, um, people were kind of banned from not planting jacarandas. So when I googled this earlier, I did see that there was some discussion over whether that is actually true or not. And apparently some people were arguing that some of these like bylaws and directives have been changed. So the reasons are actually quite cool. So people have done like different urban and, I don't know, b- botanical studies. And some people are of the opinion that it doesn't really do much to ecosystems in the city. So in Joburg and Pretoria, you can leave them because like the city is already something that's messed up the natural ecosystem. And so adding jacarandas will at least make it look nice, but won't really do much more harm than the harm that's already been caused by urbanization. Also, a very cool fact is that jacarandas apparently help with carbon dioxide and 
are pretty good for the air, like the air quality. So I think they absorb more carbon dioxide than like other plants. I tried to read that article, but it was like very scientific. And yeah, my vocabulary is quite limited when it comes to the botanical studies. So yeah, the conclusion was that there's some pretty cool stuff for our environment. You might be very confused as to why I'm going on and on and on about this plant. Like, yes, it's nice, but I mean, does it really warrant an episode on my podcast? Um, Kind of, because I would like to think of jacarandas as an analogy for another issue that we really do have to talk about. So jacarandas by themselves are pretty chill. They don't really do much. But the social phenomenon that is causing quite a lot of nonsense is the issue of foreign migrants. Now, why I compared human beings to trees um, is probably questionable and problematic in and of itself. But the reason I'm doing this is because I would like to speak about some of the causes of why people might feel weird about foreigners. Weird is being very generous with that word and what we can do about it and a little bit of guidance when it comes to you know figuring out if information that you hear and see is true or not and why that matters but essentially the entire discussion will be centered around the aspect of something being foreign something being alien something you know messing up what's already there and that is kind of how jacket and were looked at by like really specific people in government. I don't think like us as normal citizens were ever like, oh, it looks amazing, but it's not meant to be here. And then like get angry and forget to see the beauty of it. Truly, I don't think I know like an actual citizen that is not involved in plant stuff um, that doesn't care for jacarandas or that is overly concerned with the fact that they did not originate here. So let's move on to actual human beings now because I fear that this analogy will get away from me and will also maybe obscure some of the stuff that we really just need to be honest about. Okay, so why this issue is even relevant right now is number one, because it's always relevant, but also specifically because of the hype that is surrounding Herman Mashaba. And I mean, he's problematic for a whole lot of reasons, but specifically his stance around immigration, um, it's really weird. It's like he has an obsession with foreigners and he tries to like cover it up by doing the opposite almost like a small boy at school that likes you, but he doesn't know how to express that, so he, like, pinches you. This is literally how he carries on. Like, he brings up the question of foreigners in everything, absolutely everything. I swear you could ask that man if he slept well and he would mention something about a foreigner entering his dreams. Like, I don't understand his obsession, but... I also do understand his obsession because at the end of the day, he is a politician and he knows exactly which issues to press on um, in order to get votes. And clearly that's worked. And personally, I am terrified. I want us to reflect on a few things. So I've already been speaking for like 80-ish minutes and every time I've mentioned foreigner, I just want you to think about the type of person that you pictured. Because if I say foreigner, I know that the person you're picturing is probably going to have dark skin and is most likely from an African country. Maybe someone from South Asia. But 
you're not picturing a European immigrant with fair skin and light eyes. That's not what you're picturing. Um, And I guess that speaks to a bigger issue of racism, which we'll probably one day get to because it's also something that's always relevant. But it speaks to the way that we think of immigration and the way that our laws and our rules are different for people who look different and for people who we perceive as being different. So we are going to talk about how foolish it is to make foreigners like the root cause of all problems. And that is really the problem with Herman Mashaba and his politics. And he's not the first person to do it. He's not a genius. I'm so sorry. Um, Other politicians have tried this. A lot of them have succeeded. Um, Some of them not really. But pretty much all of them that have ascended to power and have leveraged this hatred of foreigners, it has not ended well for them and for the actual human beings that their rhetoric affects. So it's not just a problem of wanting people to speak in a politically correct way. I know some people don't think it's worth an effort, but this really genuinely does impact human beings' lives. And I'm not saying that because Herman Mashaba says things that paint foreigners in a very specific way that, you know, that means that he is physically, like, harming them. It doesn't mean that he himself is going out and doing things. But the way that political messaging works is that someone says it and those things get filtered down all the way. And at some stage, those ideas can be used and internalized by people and can inform actions. It definitely can. Let me give a concrete-ish example. I had my phone stolen about three or four years ago. If you found someone and you told me that this is the dude that stole your phone, these are, like, this is the details of the day that he stole it, this is where you were, this is what happened, it's this guy. I genuinely do not remember that guy's face. But if you were convincing enough to tell me that it was that guy that stole my phone, do you think logically I would be like, it's fine, bye, peace out, homie? I might not be angry anymore, it's been a long time now, but I might want to have a chat with him. I might want to be like, yo, dude, what happened? Like, what is going on in your life that, you know, you think this is okay? Um, If I was convinced that that was the person that stole something from me, I would treat them very differently than if I was not convinced that they were someone who stole something from me. And that is exactly why Herman Mashaba is so popular, because he has managed to convince everyone that the foreigners, whoever that is, have stolen jobs from South Africans. Now, This is problematic for many, many reasons. But number one, as someone who is currently studying economics and who looks like they will probably study economics forever because I just, yeah, just have like Stockholm Syndrome problems here. Um, That's not a thing. You can't steal a job. It's not an item like a phone that belongs to someone and you have like ownership of it and someone can take it from you. Number one, because it's not a physical item, (laughs) but also because the nature of jobs in economics is something that is like constantly in flux. It's something that is related very much so to the types of policies that you have, to the types of businesses that you have, and to the way that your society works. So it is not something where society is like made 
or when Mandela was like, yeah, dude, here's the new constitution, everybody sign it. All of a sudden, they were like literal job postings that had your exact name and ID number on it. And someone immigrated and then stole your ID number and was like, hey, guys, it's me. I'm showing up for my job. Like, that's not how it works. It's not a job posting that was waiting for you with your name on it. And then someone came and stole it. Okay. Um, so Herman Mashaba's like messaging about people stealing jobs is very problematic and very inaccurate. And the reason it's problematic is because if you are convinced that someone did steal your job, as in the only route that you had to economic freedom was taken by someone who is not you, that feels unjust. And if it was true, it would be unjust. But the problem is that it's not true. And I don't mean the fact of economic suffering is not true. That is 100% true. And that is exactly why people can get exploited by Herman Mashaba. Because all he has to do is convince you that there is an enemy and that he can beat that enemy for you. And then he gets your vote. But the truth of the matter is that that is not your enemy. And at the end of the day, the more power he gets, the more everyone will realize that he can't actually solve the problems that are causing that economic suffering in the first place. And a hint again is that those problems are not caused by foreigners. If you do genuinely care about creating job opportunities and you are worried that the economy just doesn't have enough space to employ everyone plus people who are not South African citizens, you might have some real concerns. We do know that our economy is really, really bad at creating jobs. But there's two ways to address that. Number one, you reduce the amount of human beings. Number two, you actually increase the size of the economy. Since it's not legal to kill each other, and it's also not desirable, it does not sound like fun, um, we should probably try and focus our energy on increasing the size of the economy. If you have like six kids and they don't fit into a normal five-seater car, uh, generally you look for a bigger car or alternative transportation. You don't say, I'm just going to throw one kid out because pff, that one doesn't really fit in with us anyway, so whatever. Um, the point is that there are different solutions to a perceived problem, but we need to interrogate the problem because I assure you the issue of looking for jobs and not being able to find them is not a problem that is caused by people from other countries coming in. It's an economic and structural problem that is quite literally perpetuated by those other human beings that you keep voting for. I just want to sit with this issue because this is how the cycle of xenophobic attitude works. Okay, Number one is you are put in a desperate enough situation where there is a problem that you need to be fixed. So there's obviously different levels of problems in South Africa. Some people are only scared about being robbed. Maybe they themselves are like financially stable, that, that they're not really worried about sourcing food for their families because they have that down, but they are worried about crime. Other people are worried about crime and sourcing food for their families. Other people are worried about crime, sourcing food for their families and finding a job. Other people are worried about all three of those things and finding a good school. Others are worried about all of those things and finding good health care. There's a lot of different issues that people have. Okay, but the more issues you have or the more severe those issues are, the more 
you look for solutions. Obviously, if it doesn't really bother you, then who really cares? You know, it doesn't matter. You'll live your life. But if it does bother you, and all of these things that I've mentioned are things that really do bother most people, then you want a solution. You want to figure out why this is happening and how it can stop. So if you are convinced that foreigners are the one that are committing crimes against you, then it's logical to be like, fine, get them out. I don't want them here. Without them, I'll be safer. If you are convinced that foreigners are the one stealing your jobs, then it's logical to think that you'd be better off without them. The problem is that there is a break in the logic there. Because number one is you have this problem. Number two is there is a presence of foreigners, but there is no link between the two issues. So there's an issue of desperation and an issue of being scared and an issue of really looking for a solution to whatever it is that you are going through. And people who have political power are telling you that the problem and the reason that you are suffering in this way is because of someone that jumped a border. And I think in order to understand how ridiculous that is, we need to look at how many people really do jump borders and what effect that that has on us and our lives and the resources that we have available to us. And I will get to this. I promise I will. But I really want us to think about how we apportion blame for things that go wrong. It's a little bit like going to fill up petrol and shouting at the petrol attendant that petrol is now almost 20 rand a litre. Actually, it might even be more far removed than that. It's like going to fill up petrol and shouting at the petrol attendant that load shedding is on stage four. Like, there is no correlation. There is no responsibility there. It's not the petrol attendant's fault that there's a bigger structural problem at ESCOM. That includes corruption. That includes lack of maintenance. That includes like blatant disregard for human beings that cannot afford generators. Like, there's a lot of things that the petrol attendant cannot do to fix the situation at ESCOM. And it's really genuinely not their fault. But if you are convinced enough that hmm, petrol attendants are just wasting all the fuel, and if they were not wasting the fuel, we would be able to use that fuel to actually generate power for our houses. If you were convinced of that, you would probably start attacking petrol attendants. Because at some point you will become so desperate that you will just need anyone, anyone that you can blame, and taking out your anger on them in any way that you feel is justified. So the more severe your situation is, the more likely your reaction to the person or thing that you think is causing your problem will also be severe. Now some people have responded that they really just don't like the fact that some people come here illegally, and that upsets them. Firstly, I am quite surprised that some South Africans are so committed to the rule of law, because a lot of the people that say these things are also the people who hope that the policeman that stops them will accept their 200 rand bribe. So I'm just confused. But anyway, it's fine. Let me not call people hypocrites. Um, I think if you are very concerned about the rule of law in general, because you think that, as a philosopher does, um, the degrading of rule of law will lead to like a degradation in our society in general. That's fine and that's fair. Um, and I mean, you have every right to be not angry, but like concerned about people who don't follow laws. However, I think a little bit of perspective is necessary when we discuss people who immigrate illegally. Um, number one, it's not a choice that people make as their first choice. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but it's not fun. Um, 
I don't see what is fun about like jumping a border, often in very dangerous areas, in places where you might even have to cross like a national park with literal wild animals. And then you have to enter like a city with literal criminals that even the locals won't walk with because they will just rob anything that they see. Um, that is not a vibe that people genuinely like. Okay, so you need to ask yourself, like, what puts people in that situation where they would be willing to deal with all of that nonsense? Because all of the risks that come with immigrating have to outweigh the risks that come with staying put. And if you weigh those two things and think about it like that, then you have to ask yourself, how bad is it in these people's home countries? And for a lot of them, it's pretty damn bad. So... Okay, why Why then? I understand people want to leave, but why can't they just come here legally? A lot of them try. A lot of them do. Sometimes people do come here legally. And then while they are here, they start encountering problems with home affairs or things just get delayed forever and ever or certain permits are just like never given to them or they are just like treated like crap, basically. The, the irony about not understanding that issue is that even South African citizens know how bad home affairs is. Home affairs basically does not like any human being that enters its building because that means that they have to actually do work. And we know the culture at home affairs is servers offline, everyone's offline, it's always lunchtime, we're just going to take a break and we enjoy watching people queue up, but we don't actually enjoy serving people. So imagine now you are actually someone that home affairs doesn't like because number one you are a living breathing human being but number two you are also not of south african descent and like how do you think people are going to get treated in home affairs if you as someone who everyone agrees has like a legitimate right to live here get treated badly there like imagine and it's not like living here unlawfully comes with so many benefits and absolutely no costs they are very 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 real costs to living in a place unlawfully. That risk of willing, being willing to be in a different place where you know everyone is going to treat you with hostility, and if you get caught, not only will you be deported, but you'll probably be treated like crap on the way. As in, you will probably be tortured. You will probably be sworn at and kicked and punched because... There's like, you're living in an environment where no one really sees you as a human being. They just see you as someone that belongs on the other side of a fence. Being willing to put yourself in that situation should explain just how bad the situation that people left were. Because, I mean, contrary to what people think, South Africa is not a utopia. And I think that foreigners know that. Number one, we complain about it all the time. But also number two, like foreigners are not people who live in isolated ways and then suddenly come to like a brand new country and figure everything out for the first time. Like people do research before they leave a country. I know a lot of people listening to this have probably done research about moving to other countries, specifically after like all the riots in July. So let's not pretend like people just pack a bag and leave. You know, people find out things. So I'm pretty sure everyone knows that South Africa is going through a lot and that South Africans are not necessarily kind to foreigners and yet they still come here and that should tell you 
That's how bad things are in the place that they're living. And it ranges from literally fleeing from wars and from dictatorships and from persecution to, you know, watching your entire family get killed and not being able to be in that place anymore because you literally can't live in that place. Like, you can't breathe that air and not think of your family that was murdered. It also ranges to things like just wanting better opportunities because everything in your country is messed up and all you want is for your kids to have some shot at a decent life. So you'll take any job in any country, anywhere in the world, with and without documents and try and make a better life for your family. I mean, that is just people who come here and are not able to secure legal documents. But there are lots of people who do come here and can secure legal documents. This idea that we'll assume everyone that is here that is not South African is definitely illegally here and is therefore a criminal is bizarrely false. And, I mean, that's the type of stuff that Herman Mashaba endorses, maybe in less words, but in 2019 he posted a picture of police stats that literally was just about arrests of foreign nationals. Not, not prosecutions, not convictions, not of foreign nationals who didn't have documentation, just foreign nationals in general, but not just in general, only from the African continent. And this was just arrests. And when analysts did the work afterwards, when they saw this post, they found that the numbers of arrests mimicked almost exactly the total number of foreign nationals in the country, which meant that it was not like they were contributing highly to crime disproportionately to the amount of human beings that live here. But even still, they were just arrested. And that doesn't mean that they were found guilty of anything because just like us, police officers are pretty damn biased as well. But let's say that, you know, you don't really mind the, the, the people who are here legally and your issue is quite literally only people who are here without documents because, I don't know, I don't know why. Um, but the the problem is, it's not an issue to be concerned with national safety and security. That in and of itself is not a problem. In fact, all of us should be concerned about that. What is a problem? And when those types of fears become xenophobic is when you think the root of all the problems that you have ever faced is because people who live in a land that is only a few kilometers away from you have now moved into your space. When you trace back every single problem to people who you think are not worthy of being here, that is when it becomes xenophobic. Not only because South Africa literally has like a hundred other problems that you can deal with first, but also because it implies that South Africans in their essence are somehow different, are somehow better, are somehow distinct from everyone else. And this is why the discussion about borders is so important, because most of us don't even know where those borders come from. We, we didn't draw those borders ourselves. And a lot of those don't match up to, like, the historical groups that we lived in. All the borders that we currently love so much, they adhere to colonial consequences, which 
well, not, I mean, it wasn't strategically split up, but it was split up according to who was controlling what. And the, like, aha moment in all of this is that the people controlling the different areas in Africa were not Africans. So when we speak about being decolonial in thought, when we speak about moving away from all the ills of our past, it's almost impossible to not talk about the fact that we have borders that are artificial. They don't represent an inherent difference. They literally represent a difference of who was able to conquer what and at what stage were they stopped. And if that's how we define who is worthy of flippin' free healthcare in Helen Joseph, like, then how, who does that make us? It just speaks to, like, a continuation of blindly following and believing everything that those who have political authority say, even when they are factually incorrect. Because Herman Mashaba is factually incorrect a lot. His most like famous claim was that there are 15 million undocumented immigrants in South Africa. 15 million. And if that number were true, we would be maybe having a different conversation. But that number is not true because either he does not know how to read stats or he purposely misrepresents the situation so that others who do not, you know, have the time to go read the stats will just believe whatever he says. So the information that he used was statistics essay saying that there are 15 million undocumented people in South Africa. And that includes South African citizens. Not everyone gets a birth certificate when they are born. Not everyone gets a passport when they are born. Like, these things are administrative issues that affect mainly South Africans because the most recent estimates of foreign-born people living in South Africa is 3.9 million. So, yeah, maybe it doesn't sound like a lot, 15 versus 3.9, but it's a huge difference when you look at the proportion to the rest of the population and also when you are trying to push a political point. So, statistically, if there are 3.9 million foreign-born people in the country, and he just feels like saying 15 million because it really suits his political agenda, and then after everyone proves him wrong, he just issues like a statement saying, oh, sorry, I was wrong. Um, but the number matters less than what home affairs is doing to address this problem. But the number indicates if it's a problem or not. So, firstly, don't lie. Secondly, the 3.9 million doesn't refer to undocumented foreign migrants. It's the estimate of total migrants. So, the numbers absolutely matter, especially when you're trying to prove a political point. The problem is that the apology and this like fake cover up of all the numbers don't really matter anymore. Those things will not spread as far and wide as something that feels real to people. So the stat of 15 million, which is not real, as we've just spoken about, will spread far wider than any correction of that stat. And that is the problem, because I'm pretty sure that he knows how to read stats, but I'm pretty sure that he doesn't care about misrepresenting those stats, if it means that it'll get him a seat at the local council. And it has. So, I mean, maybe you really thought this was a problem, and now you are surprised to hear that, okay, maybe it's not that big of a problem. That's good. But I also hope that you don't blindly follow whatever Dalman Mashava or anyone else, including me, tell you to think or tell you to feel. 
because I have come to these conclusions myself after reading different things on my own, after listening to others, yes, but not because I 100% believe everything that everyone else says. When someone says something that's convincing, you also have to check whether the stats or the data or whatever it is they are basing that opinion on is accurate. Because there's something to be said about the value of truth. If you quite genuinely believe that foreigners are the root cause of every single problem in South Africa and you support like the mass removal of every foreigner, which let's just call it frankly what it would be, it would be a genocide. If you support that and you get rid of all the foreigners and your problems are still not solved, you will feel like an idiot, but it will be too late. So rather feel like an idiot now when you can see that, okay, these stats are actually incorrect. Because at the end of the day, you're still trying to figure out how to solve the problem. And a suggestion from people like Herman Mashaba is that foreigners are a big problem. So figure out if it really is a big problem. Figure out if it really is causing the problems that you are facing in your day-to-day life. And I mean, maybe you'll come to the conclusion that, yeah, it is. And then, you know... You, you can still support whatever policies you feel like supporting. But don't be misled by people who purposely mislead you. That's a very unhealthy relationship. The, the point, I guess, is that we really need to value truth. And if we look at all of the facts objectively, we will come to a conclusion that is way more accurate than cheap politicking. And that would include considering things like the fact that the World Bank found that for every single foreigner in South Africa that has a business or has a job, they create at least two jobs for South Africans. So, if anything, um, it's pretty damn good for our unemployment that people are still willing to come here, even after all the crap that we blame them for. And that's not just one study, by the way. There are global studies over multiple years in various countries that have shown how immigration actually is pretty much always a boost to the economy that people are moving to. It is probably a good time to explain how our xenophobia and our fear of anything that doesn't feel familiar or anything that we convince ourselves is not familiar, how that impacts another human being. And I know people think that having empathy is like the soft thing to do and it's like looked down upon because you're meant to be like the stuff person. But honestly, having empathy is one of the strongest things that you can embody. It is something that you have to constantly work on. It's something that you really have to be actively trying to encourage within yourself and within others. But it's also something that takes a lot of mental and emotional strength. And the plain fact is that a lot of us don't use empathy when we react to situations and things because often we're too busy trying to figure out how a situation affects us. And if that is, you know, the way that we are at the moment and we're not ready to empathize, then don't think of it as empathizing. Think of it in this way. You are the person that's trying to flee a country that you have lived in for your entire life, that all your family members live in as well, where you have the best memories. And recently, there is just way too much that's going wrong. And 
your livelihood and your life is at risk. And maybe if you were just one human being, not tied to anything else, you could say, I'll just stay here and and things will be fine. And even if things aren't fine, it's okay because it only affects my life. But if you are part of a broader family and you want to make someone's life even 1% better, and if that means risking all of all of the things that we've discussed, that choice is a choice that's not irrational to make. It's not a decision that people come to lightly, but it's one that we can definitely understand. It's one that makes complete sense if you think of human beings as human beings. By and large, most people don't move here in order to commit crime here. I mean, we've already been through the different issues, right? You are at risk when you are crossing the border. You are at risk the entire period when you live in an area without documents. You are at risk regardless of whether you have documents because South Africans will treat you badly just because you have a different accent, just because your surname implies that you come from West Africa, just because you have skin that's darker than everyone else here. And you risk all of those things just to come here and commit a crime. (laughs) I mean, firstly, statistically, that is not happening. It's not like every single foreigner who is here legally or unlawfully is engaged in committing a crime against other human beings, as in, I'm talking about the violent things, assault, even selling drugs, trafficking, rape, murder, all of those things. That's not a feature of foreign people. It's a feature of a broken society, which we definitely are, with or without foreigners. But convincing ourselves that foreigners are the problem will prevent us from ever solving the problem. This is how it works. When something goes wrong, you look for someone to blame, and you often assume that it's not your own fault, that you are not guilty of something, and therefore it's someone who is the exact opposite of you. And you look for people that have differences, and you just tell them that they are the ones that have done something bad to you, regardless of the fact. And I don't mean anecdotally. Yes, there are foreign people who come here and commit crimes, some of them heinous crimes. There are also South Africans that commit horrible crimes that no one seems to care about either. There are also South African police that really don't care about the public safety and who oftentimes are guilty of crimes themselves. I can guarantee that if somehow we really did deport every single foreigner in our country, it won't solve any of our problems. And eventually we'll all start looking at people who are different than us in other ways, which we've done before. We'll start complaining about this race and that race and that's how we'll turn on each other. And once we get rid of all the races, we'll probably start turning on each other because of tribes. And that is also something that we've done before. And once we get rid of everyone else that's in a different tribe, we'll probably turn on each other because of gender throughout this entire thing. But I guess it'll happen even more so when you come to like the last tribe standing. And then when you kill everyone else except yourself, what do you have? You have a society that's still broken because you never actually dealt with the main problems. And I guess this is also a flaw in the way that we've been speaking about xenophobia because a lot of people say that foreigners are not the problem because, number one, they aren't stealing jobs. Number two, they come here with an entrepreneurial mindset. 
and therefore they do better than local South Africans because South Africans are lazy or entitled or dependent. And all of those things, again, must direct the blame. The problem is not a type of person. And I guess this is the key to understanding all social issues. One human being, quite literally, is so insignificant in the face of an entire system that re-perpetuates itself every single day. There is a reason that there are limited jobs in our country. And there's a reason why specific types of entrepreneurs do succeed and others do not, because not every single entrepreneur is successful. Those reasons are inherently tied to the way that our policy works to the way that our economy works. And those decisions are taken by people who are in government and who genuinely do not get involved in this everyday brawl and burning of another human being because of their nationality. These politicians get on with their lives and look for someone else to blame each time something goes wrong. And I'm not even talking about the politicians specifically as inherently bad people. But if you come up with really bad policy that harms people and that excludes so many, which is literally what we have in South Africa, and that doesn't address the needs of unemployment, of poverty, of inequality, of apartheid spatial planning, then, I mean, surely people are going to get angry at some stage. And surely you deserve some of that blame to make this an issue of a group that does not have sufficient capital in terms of social capital and financial capital to actually influence and impact our policy is the most disingenuous thing that you can possibly do. It's not just because foreigners are relatively small in number. They are about 7-ish percent of our country. We know that minorities who have political and economic power can wreak havoc on others. So you have to take that into account. When foreigners come here, they are not coming with this insane ability to just dictate to everyone else how things must work. So who is deciding how things work? Because those people are the ones that we should be fighting at. And it's not because South Africans are lazy and it's not because foreigners outwork South Africans. None of those things are true. And while we fight about those things... The people who continue to make bad policy just, I guess, sit and get bonuses every month while everyone else sits in literal darkness. So I think the point of this very, very lengthy rant, which could have been even longer, is that I don't think we should be engaging in like kumbaya politics where we pretend everything's fine and that we all love each other and that everyone respects each other. But... I also think we need to be critical about what our root problems are and how we can fix them, but also who benefits from us not fixing them. Because let me just say that if if politicians would have benefited from a working, stable, fully employed, equal society they would have ensured that we had one by now. So the real questions we need to be asking is not who jumped the border and why and how do we get rid of them immediately, but how do the people who make 
decisions on our behalf, how are they using the system for their own betterment and purposely ignoring the real issues of everyone else? The sooner we realize that we have a common struggle and that people experience that struggle to varying extents, the sooner we can actually address the problems at its cause and not take scapegoats and think that we're doing something to solve the problem where all we are actually doing is constantly looking for new ways to hate people. If we can adopt the jacaranda plant and make it our own and not get tired of people posting pictures of it every single day during these two weeks in November, then I really genuinely do have hope that not only can we defeat the colonial project that continues to to carry on, but that we can create a genuinely safe, kind, and thriving country. But we have to push the right buttons. And while we're doing that, we also have to take a really good look at ourselves and understand that the privileges that each of us have by virtue of being a South African citizen, are not privileges that we earned. We are not inherently better than someone who was born 300 kilometers away. We haven't done anything to justify being a little bit higher in like a social ladder than others. Every human being deserves basic human rights and human dignity. And sometimes people need to take really long and dangerous journeys to find that. So if people happen to come across you on their journey towards human dignity, make sure that you give them some. Make sure that you show them the respect that they deserve and the respect that you need to learn how to show. Because if we don't, all of us will be worse off because of it. So here is to hoping that Tawan Mashaba proves me wrong and does not try to enact xenophobic anti-poor policies the way that he did when he was mayor because if there's one way that I really like to be proved wrong it's by assuming the worst in politicians and then being shown that actually sometimes they can have a heart so here's to us and here's to hope and here's to hopefully being proven wrong <laughs>